Good afternoon. So nice to be with you all again. Those of you who have been with us the last couple of evenings know the course we have taken in our discussions from a broader discussion as to the nature of Leela that was focused on the Prakat Leela, the manifest Leela, that um, is represented in in Srimad Bhagavatam. <clears throat> and from there we segued into the Bhagavatam itself, into the center of the center of the center of the section of the Bhagavatam that constitutes the center <laughs> dealing with Sakirasa. As I mentioned, there are three basic aesthetic centers, if you will, to the tenth canto where the uh, the text is really sought to bring out um, the feelings of, of Vatsalya, parental love, Sakya, fraternal love, and, and Madhurya, romantic love for Krishna. And the chapter that we are discussing now is the, is the 15th chapter of the 10th canto. This is in the middle of the section that seeks to draw out feelings for fraternal love of God. And it is the center of that Sakira's center, if you will. So it's a, it's a, it's an extensive chapter that, as we heard, uh, begins with Krishna's poganda, his entering into boyhood, and his eligibility thereby for herding cows, which he proceeds to do along with, to be underscored, Balaram. So we heard the first three verses that introduced. I think we did yeah, this chapter, hmm. and now we continue and uh, picking up on verse four. This this next section of the chapter takes us from verse four to verse nine and involves um, an introduction to this section in one verse and and a couple of verses. Uh, um, in which Krishna begins to speak about the forest that he's entering into in, into Vrindavan. He's entered there, um, as we heard, Madhava, uh, the epithet was in, invoked by Sukadev, a name that um, has a number of implications, um, one of which um, is um, implies that in this chapter, while it has begun with a discussion of Krishna's Poganda, his boyhood, and we went into that at some, 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 in some depth last night, um, at the same time, the chapter constitutes an overview, if you will, of the Poganda age of Krishna leading to Kishore. Hmm? His adolescence, and then this is emphasized at the end of the chapter, although it comes up a little bit here in our discussion tonight as well. So, the implication is what? That the chapter deals with a, 
kind of a broad, with a broad brush, an overview of the Poganda Leela, and it, it's how it segues into Krishna's adolescence and his his now or then um, eligibility for a romantic life. Even though, as we heard, there's a touch of Kishore in his Poganda. Hmm. That will be addressed here. But at the end, then, he enters into Kishore. And so there is the Purvarag, first time it is brought up by a Sunday. Purvarag of, uh, um, first time it's brought up in the text of the Bhagavatam. We're not going to get there this weekend here, but uh, but it's... Uh, uh, as as I mentioned the other night, I've written that four chapters in the book I'm writing now on this chapter alone. So there's a lot embedded in the text, and um, and again, this section of the text that we're entering into now is begins with the fourth verse, and it uh, Krishna begins to glorify Vrindavan, and he'll segue into a eulogy in which he he glorifies uh, Balaram. And uh, with, at the conclusion of that, we find evidence in the Bhagavatam for the fact that there are different types of sakas. There are different groups. And of course, so from here, this is drawn upon by our Acharyas. Rupa Goswami in particular has detailed those different uh, types of sakas. And we'll just, as we get to the section, we'll will uh, reference his extraordinary insights that you're not going to find uh, anywhere else in, in any other lineage. So we know that the Gaudiya Sampradaya is special for its uh, Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? But uh, there's a special place for Sakya Rasa also as a secondary, if you will, uh, um, supportive role in as much as could be more clear. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pursuit of Madhurya Rasa and the experience of it from Radha's vantage point is supported by Nityananda Prabhu, who is the Malaram of Krishna Lila. And this comes into the discussion here. He, as I mentioned last night, one of the features of the Poganda age of Krishna's boyhood is that Balaram becomes prominent. Unfortunately, or as it may be, I guess we should say, might be considered unfortunate from Balaram's point of view. He cannot overtly be involved in the Madhurya Rasa of in the, in the Brajalila. But he gets an opportunity to do that in Gorlila because he has brought attention to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the gift of um, of his Unata Ujvala Rasa, Madhurya Rasa to the world. Hmm? It was Nityananda Prabhu, Nityananda Ram, who started the whole of the Gaudi Sampradaya. By Pointing out, pointing out, without any books to support him, give all your attention to, to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu here. Don't worship Krishna, Bhajaka Gauranga, Kaha Gauranga, 
is teaching worship Krishna, follow the teachings of Krishna. So no. Worship Goranga, chant his name, follow his teachings. And then if you do that, then you're purchased by me. And people thought, I'd like to be purchased by him. <laughs> He's an extraordinary person. And many, of course, have been in terms of imbibing the, the bhav that he so uh, personifies. So these are the two, I think I mentioned the other night, samasti gurus, or the macrocosmic manifestation of Guru Tattva for Gaudiya Sampradaya. I think we also mentioned Krishnas Kabiraj, his main namaskar verse, of which there are two, to Chaitanya Charitamrita, is one in which he overtly offers his respect to the presiding deities of his book, Gaur and Nityananda. Bande Sri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sahurito. So, here, Sukadev says, Satatra Tatraruna Palabhashriya Fala Prasunaru Bharena Pareo Sprishach Chikan Viksha Vanaspatin Muda Smayan Ivakhagracham Adipurusha So Sukadev begins the section by um, addressing Krishna as the Adi Purusha, who he says, Muda Smayan Iva Agrajam Adi Purusha. It's very, it's a bit funny. And uh, it also, here he's, uh, uh, orients us to the the feeling behind the following words of Krishna that glorify Vrindavan and, and then Balaram in particular. Hmm? How is that? He says that the Adi Purusha means the original person. Govindam Adi Purusham Brahma says, Tamam Bajami. This is, of course, we're back now to what the 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 the, the, uh, the password to unlock the the the, uh, the philosophy of uh, of the Bhagavatam, hmm? the tattva of the Bhagavatam. What does Jiva Goswami call it? The Paribas Sutra. Hmm? Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam Adi Purusha. There, there may be many forms of the Purusha, but Krishna is the Adi, the original, the fountainhead of all uh, forms of divinity. So he says, the, the Adi Purusha, hmm, he, Muda Smayan, with a, in a, in a, smiling, kind of holding back his spirit of humor, in a humorous, with humorous feelings, 
This is, uh, again, as I mentioned the other night, among the rasas, hasya rasa, which is joking, is the best friend of sakya rasa. So, not only that, but the older brother of the Adi Purusha. You get it? <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> Sukadeva is beginning by, with, with a joke. As, as Krishna begins to, to joke or speak, out of uh, uh, feelings of, uh, of hasya, hasya rasa. How can the Adi Purusha have an older brother? Right? But he does. And Mundasmayan means he's, he's, he's smiling and chuckling a little bit. And he begins to speak and address Balaram. So he wants to tell us, of course, that these are pastimes of cowherd boys. But this, the Adi Purusha is there. And he has an older brother, <laughs> and it's this. This he means. This is a very uh, deep theology here. How do, it's hard enough to understand the original person, and then when you say and he's got a brother, you know, it's, I get it. In, in my writing over the years, um, I adopted a policy of not capitalizing pronouns that address God, He. She, goddess, Radha, and so forth. And, of course, it's based to some extent on um, modern sensibilities of the evolving English language, hmm? based on the Chicago Manual of Style, which is one particular manual style that we refer to at um, Tarshan Press. Um, the idea being that if, by other ways or through other means, of words within the sentence, paragraph, and so forth, it's clear that one is speaking about the divine, then it may be preferable not to capitalize the pronouns referring to divinity at the same time, which, if you will, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, could get pretty complicated. Both by Balaram's going to be capitalized, his and then Radha, hers, and in Gaudiyamath, in past time, during the time of Bhakti Siddhanta, in the um, in the Harmonist, which was an English publication, um, I believe the Sajanatoshini. I don't know if that was originally. I think it was originally in Bengali, a magazine of of Bhakti Vinod, which was t- then taken up after his passing by Bhakti Siddhanta, who renamed it the Harmonist, gave it an English name, and the articles were in English. And so the idea was to further disseminate the the goodwill, insights, and realizations of Bhakti Vinod and the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, often the disciples of Saraswati Thakur a number of whom were lettered men, if you will. Uh, they had college degrees, and so forth, which was not uh, common in 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 the Gaudiya community. There were still a, a good number of Gaudias, but many of them were people whose caste was in question because of their activities. 
in terms of Varnashram, so they proclaimed themselves followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu <laughs> in those transcended caste designations, which didn't go over that well with the <laughs> with the um, um, adherence, if you will, to the to the karma marg and the social religious system of the of the time. They were they were definitely outside of the the system, if you will, but not in the way in which the Bhagavatam declares the path of bhakti to, to stand on the head of Varnashram hmm? with its prema dharma. Hmm? Dharma projita kaita putra paramo nirmatsaranam sadam. What else does it say? Tavai pumsam paro dharma yato bhaktir roksaje. Aitukiya pratihataya yatma samprasirati. And Samsidir Haritoshana, what does he say? He says, Shrama Eva hi kevalam. So many statements. And of course, this is all in the first canto. Where is Varnashram, the, 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 the religious system of the Hindus, in relation to the dispensation of the Bhagavatam? It's like the Bhagavatam, like the New Testament. Out with the laws and in with love. Hmm? Is the idea. And of course, in the tenth canto, when we come to Gopi Bhav, it certainly uh, comes out in no uncertain terms, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not easy to understand <laughs> entirely, right? And uh, I'm citing an example of misunderstanding it at the time of, of Bhakti Vinod and Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who, uh, a time in which there were a good number of Gaudias, but they weren't coming from educated class of society. Um, Persons necessarily of good, good conduct, conduct, good standing, who were influenced by or in touch with Western ideas, even that that that, that the uh, um, residents of um, with the British capital in Calcutta were were in touch with, had to deal with. There was a time when Western ideas um, did penetrate to some extent into India long before Bhakti Thakur, in the time of the Vrindavan Goswamis. What was happening in Europe was very fascinating. It was discovered, thought about, um, at the risk of um, being uh, beheaded, that the planets move around the sun rather than the earth. The Copernican um, revolution, if you will. These, uh, so these ideas on their face seem to um, uh, be in some conflict with the Puranic explanations of the cosmos and uh, of which there are different Descriptions. Bhagavatam takes from different ones. Vishnu Purana, I think it's its own. We talked a little bit about this the other night, the place of the, the fifth canto description in relation to what the Bhagavatam is essentially about and so forth. <clears throat> but while some traditionalists, if you will, means religious people um, in India, scholars, took up the task of interfacing with that and some champion of the cause of the Puranas and what they understood the Puranas to be saying, which may have 
not have been accurate in 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 what uh, the Western European idea was and so forth. Some may try to make a fusion, um, um, and uh, the Goswamis of Vrindavan hmm, at the time ignored it. They were too busy. Their heads were spinning round and round. They had understood that the world may go around the moon, maybe the birth, or maybe it goes around the sun, but that's all superficial. Everything's moving around the Atma. Hmm? The Atma's moving around the Paramatma. Hmm? The Paramatma is circumambulating Krishna. Hmm? Right? He is just a... Uh, is the partial incarnation. Hmm? And Krishna is circling around Radha. <laughs> so they had their heads spinning and they had to think, how are we going to tell this to everybody? <laughs> and they think it's big news that everything going around the sun. Well, we have ways to go here. So they didn't bother to interact with that. They were busy beginning, starting the, the Gaudiya Sampradaya. It's in our hands. Now we have to take it further and try to explain these ideas, right, to the modern world. Uh, so, um, so at the time, anyway, of Bhakti Vinod and then Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, well, that Western world and its ideas and whatnot, insights, and they couldn't be ignored. I mean, it was right there in Calcutta, was the head, headquarters of, uh, of the British Empire which was ruling the whole world for all intents and purposes. So Bhaktivinoda had to deal head-on with some of those ideas, and he did so in a, in a creative way. And, uh, and that proved to be very endearing, as further than underscored by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and his mission. And as a result, some educated people, to get to the point, were coming and, and joining the mission, and some of them had... Uh, were, as I say, lettered men. I don't think they had lettered women at the time, but um, they were better than letter, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> as were the men of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur as well. But the point being, in the Harmonist, they would often, having authored an article, be um, uh, known by professor so-and-so, doctor so-and-so, BA, and, uh, rather than by their initiated names. So Bhaktisiddhanta was trying to be creative, but further to the point, they, in turn, the editors, writers, whenever they mentioned the editor, which is Bhaktisiddhanta, it would be capital E. There was, there was capitals all over the page there. And they were, of course, just entering into the English language. Hmm. And it's evolved since then and so on and so forth. Uh, somehow I got into this, but as I was saying, in my writing, I have uh, chosen to not to capitalize the uh, pronouns. And it's, it, it's based on uh, some sensibilities of the evolving English language and some friends of mine and acquaintances and and uh, persons related to me, uh, God brothers and God sisters, have at times complained. How can you not capitalize uh, 
Um, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a confusing point being theology. It, it takes a lot. You've got God, Krishna, the Adi Purusha, and you go to the length to establish this point and give him a capital H, and then you've got to... And by the way, there's Balaram and capital He and Him, and and then there's a capital She for Radha, and then, and then there's an Adinanda Prabhu. You could make up a sentence, it would be fun to make up a sentence or two in a paragraph where you're mentioning Nityananda and he did this, and then it waited that he did that, and then she did this, and all. You'd get the point, right? So, so we have to be a little thoughtful. We have to use our attacks, our intelligence to try to presented in a way that it will be palatable, digestible, and, and they just won't go, no, I don't think I'm going to close that book up here. And I think the, the Bhaktivedanta Book Trust, under Prabhupada's direction this time, made some, you know, determinations at their time as well, how to, how to deal with that. But here the point is, that, it, and it's, it's, again, it's a little humorous, the Adi Purusha has an older brother, how can it be? Sukadeva wants to tell us, this is a complicated theology, you got to pay, pay close attention here. There's an original person, but hmm, imagine what are his possibilities. Hmm? There is no limit to his possibilities. Imagine if you just woke up in the morning and felt like fraternal feelings. Hmm? I wish I was with a friend. And then you could just personify that emotion, and you have a friend. Hmm? It's a possi- possible for the Adi Purusha. He can do such things, such as, such as Balarami, the best friend of Krishna. Hmm? And he's, his, he's the older brother of the original person. <laughs> right, so, from, so in a, what, what he's given us here is tattva underlying the bhava. From the tattva point of view, he's the original person. From the Bhava point of view, he's the younger brother. And to enter into the Bhava, which of course this is our ideal, we have to have our feet pretty well standing on the tattva. So we have a we have a teaching that Jiva Goswami described beautifully as achintya beda beda tattva beda bed. Bed means difference. Abed means one. So we have one philosophy. Hmm? But it lends itself to different or diverse expressions. If those expressions arise within the parameters, their circumference, if you will, of the circle of friends here in this case, if that those differences of expression arise within those parameters, then it's beautiful. Hmm. Right? That that be, that beautifies the non-duality. Hmm. Prabhupada, in his mission, he had he applied this principle hmm, in relation to his Bhaktivedanta Book Trust, his publishing house, and ISKCON, which he separated corporately and legally. Hmm. In case the corporation went down, he said. Which, which has greater possibility for that happening hmm, than, than the books which have less possibility of being corrupted. Hmm, right? 
um, would be there. That was his idea, part of his idea. But he was very insistent that the philosophy be, be very carefully presented, edited, and um, kind of singular in a way. Hmm? Whereas then the institution made up of devotees who would, who would take from the philosophy would be inspired by this anga of bhakti, kirtan, or that anga of bhakti, archan, more in that temple, and over here in this temple, they did it another way. Yeah. Once I was sitting with Prabhupada, I was in Vrindavan, and, and I heard that Prabhupada was going to cook that day. So I thought, I'm going to go down and help Prabhupada cook. So I shaved up my head and got all dressed up for the occasion. I went down to see Prabhupada, and he was taking a massage. And I said, Prabhupada, I heard that you knew you were going to cook, so I came down. I wanted to, wanted to assist you. It was kind of bold on my part. And, and I was a little bit like that. <laughs> and, uh, and Prabhupada said, no, yes, he's that. I am, they're cooking. They're doing I, I don't know where I heard it, but I was wrong, I guess. And I was a, a young and new, new sannyasi at the time, like 1975. And um, so Prabhupada began to speak about his independence as a sannyasi. I think he wanted to inspire me. He said, he said I can cook with wood. What he meant was, I can live in the forest with wood and cook, and I'm completely independent. And he was going on like that for a while. It was inspiring. <laughs> and uh, and then a godbrother of mine, some of you may know, know named Gopavrindapal, happened to be there. And he heard that, that Tripurimar should go and see Prabhupada. So he thought maybe he could go because he was a book distributor, hmm? and I was a book distributor, and he assumed maybe I was talking to Prabhupada about book distribution. What else would I talk about? Well, there are a few other things that were on my mind at times. So, uh, so he found a way to, to, to come in there, and Prabhupada entertained his, his presence. And then um, he had um, an idea that he wanted to present to Prabhupada, which was that, that he wanted to organize in such a way that all of the preachers who were selling books would have like a script what to say. Hmm? So they wouldn't say the wrong thing when they were they were preaching and 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 then but uh, he had you know good intentions and so forth but Prabhupada didn't like the idea at all. Hmm? He said no. He said oh, the devotees they they have their own their reading the kirtan has to be spontaneous just like our Tripurimash. the dami budi vogam tam Krishna is giving him so many things to say in his heart. He used to like to hear the stories. And Tripurari Maharaj is saying, did you hear about the environmental crisis? This is back in the, you know, the 70s. Here it's Krishna, the reservoir of you know, pleasure. Was, I would, <laughs> is, uh, read about it here. It's uh, yeah. the solution. Right? Mm. And uh, he used to say, what is he saying? Uh, that, that, that bad boy, Tripurari. Yeah. He liked the stories. And when I would walk with him, he also asked, so what are they saying? What are the people saying? He would like to hear what the arguments were. And he would like to give a rebuttal and so forth. So he, the point being only, and I'm not really special, I'm not trying to bring attention to myself, but the point being that he wanted the devotees, you mean they might make a mistake what they say, but let them have the freedom of, let bhakti take hold and express itself through them. And it's largely how Prabhupada ran his movement. He said, I, I experimented with the holy name by giving it out. And then 
out of one person's mouth into whose heart, through his ear, I had given the holy name, Krishna said, I think you should have a center in San Francisco. And so I said, go to San Francisco, right? Uh, one, of, one of his sannyasis once said when Prabhupada asked him to do something that, that he didn't feel very inclined to do, he said to Prabhupada, I may as well go to China. And Prabhupada said, yeah, I think that's a good idea. You may. We, don't have a, we don't have a temple in China. And, that, and he made him go to China. <laughs> started, started a preaching center there. <laughs> so, um, uh, <laughs> so he felt that, uh, that let, let bhakti, let the holy name, let the teachings enter into them and let it come out, express itself. And if it, if it goes off course, well, well, we'll turn it back, you know, we'll, we'll bring it back in. But let's not legislate it so that it doesn't even feel it has a chance to come out and express itself and that people can't think, that the, 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 the thinking is allowed. Thinking aloud, as loud as you want. <laughs> you might think wrong. We might be, and we'll correct you. That's fine. The teacher will, but but you have to use your your mind also. Use your intelligence in Krishna service. Again, it's complicated. The original person has an older brother. <laughs> How are you going to explain it? It's difficult. So Sukadev wants to tell us at the onset, this is, this, this is compl- theologically complex and you have to pay attention here. A lot, there's a lot being said. It's not just a story of a couple of boys herding cows. And it is just a story of a couple of boys and their friends herding cows. It's both. Hmm? But to get to the latter in a positive sense, you have to go through the tattva. Right? To get to the bhava, hmm? you have to pass through the tattva. So he says um, that Krishna, in a light-hearted way, began to glorify Vrindavan and his older brother. So, again, the implication here is that that the mood of this eulogy of Balaram that we're coming to is Hasirasa. And Hasirasa is not only the best friend of Sakirasa, what else can we say about it? No. Balaram is the presiding deity of Hasirasa. How appropriate. Now, you see, Krishna's taking the position here to point out the position of Balaram. It's very analogous to what? Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu repeatedly taking the trouble or the time to point out the significance and the importance of Nityananda Prabhu that he might not be misunderstood. Because if you misunderstood and understand Nityananda Prabhu, everything's lost. Hmm? Everything's lost. He's a Kandaguru Tattva. The thing that's meant to, probably the most significant instrument for bringing about our, our liberation, freedom from material life and attainment of prem, is the Guru. But misunderstanding that can be then the greatest cause of bondage. Hmm? Even if you're praising the Guru, Jai Guru, Jai Guru, but you don't understand that. And your praise looked at carefully is just criticism of another Guru, for example. That's not, you didn't get it. So, so 
So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to great um, from the very onset. Nityananda Prabhu arrived in Navadweep. Mahaprabhu had a dream the night before that that a, a madman on a on a on a chariot with a flag, the insignia upon which was the tall palm. Yeah, this is where we are now. We're going to the tall Talvan, the forest of of tall fruits. Right. This is the chapter dealing with the, the slaying of Dhenu, Dhenu Kasura, and Balaram's chariot in Dwarka in his princely leela is the insignia on his flag is the tall fruit. We talked about this a little earlier. Given his penchant for tall fruits that have been sitting for a few days that ferment and have an extra f- effect, mm-hmm. augmenting one's <laughs> sensual sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Interesting for such a sober person as as Balaram is. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise. A little bit, a little bit grave, but very warm, very friendly, as we, as we'll see. So there's a parallel hmm? right here in the pages of the Bhagavatam. Krishna is going to efforts as Balaram is coming to the fore with the Pogandalila. This chapter is about Balaram slaying Dhenukasura by by way of its title. Of course, there's many themes in here as we're seeing, hmm? but uh, Krishna. In the Bhagavatam here, for the world, wants to make it clear that there is there is an equality in terms of tattva between Balaram and Krishna. In other words, Balaram is not a jiva. Some some pradayas they think he's a jiva, or they think he's an an incarnation of Anantasage or, or something. Actually, the Krishna avatar. Is the Krishna Balaram avatar when you when you study the, ba- the Bhagavatam's first um, segue into avatar tattva, one of the not one of the ten subjects of the Bhagavatam. Um, ten of them, nine of them are sheltered, and one of them is the shelter of all of them. That's Krishna, the shelter, and the others are sheltered. So avatar tattva are sheltered under him. So different avatars are mentioned. There's chapters about Ram. There's ten chapters about. Nishringa Bhagavan. Hmm? Nobody's given more room than him, other than Krishna himself, of course, about whom there's 90 chapters in the 10th Canto and many other verses throughout the text. But referring to the part in the Bhagavatam, the section of the Bhagavatam, the third chapter, the first canto, where uh, we segue into Avatar Tattva for the first time, and there's a list of avatars. Hmm? Then the Krishna Balaram avatar is mentioned. Hmm? Of course, and then it said, and amongst the, all these avatars, Krishna is the is the uh, Swayam Bhagavan, right? Krishna is too Bhagavan Swayam. So, even within Vaishnavism, even throughout the sacred texts, if one doesn't have good um, guidance for understanding them, Balaram's position could be un- misunderstood. Why can it be misunderstood? Because although he is Vishnu Tattva, hmm, he is. Uh, he is the by uh, uh, Prakash of Krishna in in in, in Braj. He's he is expands as Mul Sankarshan and Maha Sankarshan, and then and then the the Purushas, Mahavishnu, Garbhadaksha Vishnu, Shirodaksha Vishnu is a big person. Hmm? 
Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami in his Chaitanya Charanjabrit in the Mongol Acharan and the, the introduction in the sacred preface there, he gives five of his original verses in Sanskrit about Nityananda Prabhu, Nityananda Ram. Hmm? And they're all just, for the same reason, they're all saying, this person is extraordinary. Don't think he's ordinary. Because Nityananda Prabhu, of course, acted unorthodox. And what's his caste? Where is he from? What's with this guy? You know, he's a little mad and so forth. With regard to Balaram, of course, he's not mad like that, except when he drinks too many tall fruits, eats too many tall fruits, but but uh, he deals with that in a nice way. But <laughs> but he's hidden in terms of his being the personality of Godhead because at the same time he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Servitor. So you have Seva Bhagavan and Seva Bhagavan. Right? So you have Bhagavan who is served, that's Krishna. And then you have Bhagavan in the form of Balaram who's serving Krishna. So he he is for Sakyarasa, he is both object of love along with Krishna, Krishna and Balaram, but he's also the example of love and filled with Sakyabhav himself, which is the, the devotee of course is is is, is a Shakti manifestation. Rather than Shaktiman, God is Shaktiman, and and uh, Bhakti is, is Shakti. So he acts like a shak, like a, like a like a devotee, hmm? and sometimes he acts like Bhagwan too, hmm? for sure. He will <laughs> in, the, in this chapter, but there's reason for him to be uh, misunderstood. So the Bhagavatam wants to make it very clear at this point in the text where now he's going to become prominent. Um, in the Pogandalila. Um, so, with, uh, uh, with, with, with humor, now, Sri Bhagavan Uvacha. Next verse. We've got a few to go get through here. Are you with me? Yes. Oh, it's, it's a little complicated. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, Amideva Varmanu charitam padam bujam te sumana palarhatam palarhatanam namanti namanti upadaya shikobi atmanas tamo pahat yai torojanma yatpritam. So Krishna now begins to speak, right? Sri Bhagavan Uvacha. Sugadesa. So Bhagavan. Krishna is speaking. Now, now we know he's, he's, he's in a joyful spirit. He has just been freed from parental uh, supervision once and for all. Right? He's with his friends. He's with the cows. He's going to go all day into the forest. The forest is responding to his presence, which he, whom he addressed by the playing of his flute, which showed itself full of love like spring and another reason why the Madhava epithet which also means spring has been evoked uh, earlier here um, in an earlier verse here in this chapter as we mentioned um, so he says Aho Amideba Vara Mm-hmm. 
addresses Balaram. He says, O greatest of lords, just see how these trees are bowing down their heads at your lotus feet, which are worshipable by the immortal God, demigods. He addresses Bhagavan, that here has been translated uh, as the greatest of lords. Sanskrit says, um, Deva Varama. So the best of gods. The best of gods, the trees, instead of reaching up and pointing to the heavens and trying to go there, if you will, pointing to the sky, is instead they are instead bending over with the with the weight of their fruits to touch the feet of the best of gods. The heavens should take note from the just the the, the fauna and the what would you say flora the flora of of, of Brindaban. Uh, trees are not uh, birth is a tree is not thought to be auspicious, but these are the trees of Vrindavan. They're very special, right? Mm. They're bowing down to your lotus feet, mm. and they're offering their fruits and flowers, Bhagavatam says, to eradicate the darkness of ignorance caused by the birth of trees. That's the general idea. Mm. The idea that Krishna can uh, liberate a tree. Mm. In other words, in other types of spiritual traditions, uh, valid as they may be to an extent as mediums to uh, transcendence to some extent, none of them claim to have the power to liberate trees or animals or even most humans. Hmm? Yes, Astanga Yoga has some power hmm, within sattva. And if there's Ishvara Pranidhan, a little touch of bhakti hmm, along with it. Yes, you could even ascend to, to Sakyarasa if you're a human being who's celibate, among other things, hmm, alone, no friends in yoga. It's not allowed. Hmm. You have to, Gita explains it in the sixth chapter, to go alone to the forest. You have to sit not too high, not too low. It's just not a free, you know, there's rules. <laughs> not too high, not too low. <laughs> and, and you're alone there. What about Gyanmarg? No friends in Gyanmarg either. Hmm. There are no friends. In bhakti, you can have friends. That's, that's the power of bhakti. Right? And, and, and what is, what is, what, what is the what is the gives us eligibility to tread the path? Hmm. What is the other one? Nice song of Bhakti Vinod. Um, he set up a marketplace. Uh, that's the other one. Uh, we just no, no. Surabi kunjate namerhatta kuleche. Yes, he set up a marketplace, and what was he selling? He's selling the holy name. What was the price? Shraddha, faith, faith in its efficacy, faith in, in him. Hmm. 
you know, efficacy of Nam. So this is the power of bhakti, that it can, uh, it doesn't require hmm, that you qualify yourself in in any number of ways, like for jnana and yoga, hmm, are required to be able to, to, to sit and meditate. Well, not everybody can do that. They can pretend to do that and think that meditation is about relaxing. <laughs> yes. But it's, it's obviously it's something much more than that, right? It's it's, it's a means to to transcend the mind, hmm? right? So bhakti is uh, is easy comparatively. We have to underscore that because you might think I, I don't they say it's easy. I didn't think it was very easy. Well, it's a, it's not, but comparatively to other courses that one might uh, embark upon, that you can't even embark upon unless you have certain qualifications. So bhakti can extend itself, uh, even here the example, to liberate the trees. That said, uh, the commentators would tell us, but, that's the point is being made here, but at the same time, the trees of Vrindavan are not ordinary trees. Etelinas tabayasho kila lokatirtam. The original personality, oh, original personality, Krishna is now addressing Balaram. The bees, he says. Oh, the bees. Oh, I should stay on the trees for one. He's, he, oh. Yes, actually, this is a nice, another small point worth worth mentioning. He has said actually in the previous verse, Palap Prash Aruno Varena Parayo, describing the tree. So in two verses here, there's a, a little uh, connected in glorifying the trees. He says they have red, um, red fruits. And the red fruits are touching the, your red, red feet, bowing down. The word Judas Aruna, Aruna. Aruna is a kind of red. Arunodai. Arunodai means the rising of the sun. Hmm. Like if you go to Mayapur and it's flat, flat, rice field after rice field after right beautiful green rice fields and the Ganga and the sun comes up like you could just run across the field and grab it. Hmm. The big Arun Udai rising up. So, it's a very, very compelling. Hmm? Krishna Das was thinking that when he wrote his verse, Vandeshi Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sohoditoya. Just the sun is like <gasps> coming up in, Beng- in, 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 in West Bengal. It's just so fascinating. Like I say, it's just like you, you could just run out and, and grab it. There's the sun, it's so close. And if the moon was coming along with it, he, he's thinking, wow, that's what, how, I'm trying to tell you, use a metaphor to say, what it's like, what's happened to the earth that Gaur and have come and given this dispensation and so forth. So Arun Arun is like a like a like a rust color red. And from the aesthetic point of view, we know what? Arun is the color of Sakurasa. Hmm? Very appropriate here, given the topic. Hmm? The trees, they're bending down, offering their fruits. Their flowers to the feet 
of Krishna and Balaram. They're not paying attention to the gods because the god of all gods himself is walking on the earth, even though he's appearing just like an ordinary coward. The trees are showing the way. And because the trees of Vrindavan are rishis. This is the idea. There are different ways to enter Vrindavan. We have our own uh, course, if you will, given to us by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and certainly that's 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 the best. That means that way is to follow those who personify the moods, the bhavas of Sakya Madhurya Rasa, for example, like Sridham, Subal, Stoka Krishna, Krishna's friends, like Lalita, Bishaka, Rupa Manjari, and so forth in um, Madhurya Rasa. These are ragatmikas. They are. They have anadi siddha samskars for bhakti. They have tendencies hmm, for loving Krishna hmm, that are perfect and are, are anadi. They have no beginning. Hmm. We're not like that. We <laughs> should get that point. Hmm. If bhakti were inherent in us, then we would have anadi. Bhakti. Certainly not Siddha, but anyway. So, Anadi Siddha Samskaras, they have, and they are to be followed, right? That's why we, we, don't, we don't have the idea of, let's become, well, Mars said nice things about Balaram. I like Balaram. I'd like to become Balaram's gopi. So one could think like that. We can think like that, but that's why we have to say, no, no, we, we think loud so we can correct you on that. Hmm? <laughs> If you want, yes, Balaram has gopis. We mentioned it the other night, and it comes here in the in the, in the context of this eulogy. Also, he has some gopis. Who are they? <laughs> That's how important they are, from the lens through which we're viewing, which is the lens through the, of the Goswamis. I don't say they're not important. We we pay obeisances to them, but through the lens with through the window, if you will, that we have been given opportunity to enter into the Leela. Hmm? We are the rag side of Balaram, which means his fraternal love. His love with his, his gopis is mariada. Hmm? It's not rag. Hmm? And it's not parakya, as I mentioned the other night, like Krishna's love. It's different. Hmm? So who will we follow? Which gopi will we follow? Hmm. And then this is one small point uh, to make in this regard. And so it's good for us to get some clarity on what it is we're in touch with here. How, we're, how bhakti has come to us, uh, what, in what ways she's offering herself to us. We've been called, chosen. And, and how we can, then, understanding that, take advantage of it and focus our, our practice that we may be more, um, that it may be more efficacious. Hmm? Put some thought into it. Hmm? So the trees, hmm? Aruna, hmm? the offering fruits, the colors of Sakirasa. And then he says the bees also. Hmm? Oh, the trees, I should finish. There are different ways to enter into Vrindavan. So our way is to follow the inhabitants of Vrindavan. Hmm? Another way is that you could think of yourself to be 
an inhabitant of Vrindavan. That's called Ahangro Upasana. This is a type of worship that's mentioned in the Upanishads. Hmm. So hearing about the Leela, one thinks, I want to be Sudama, Sridama. I am Sudama. Sounds very blasphemous from our point of view. And it's not uh, our our path. I think in, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Bhagavad has made it clear. He's made a point to say that. We follow, in his section about Rag Bhakti, we're following them, but not in the way the, the worshippers, the self-worshippers, the hungry upasanas do. But that is a type of worship, so there should be a result of that. We think that's a bad result, but it's relative to the result that we want. And that's being laid out for us, offered to us, that we're pursuing. What is the result then? Vishwana Chakrit Thakur makes the point in his commentary at Ujjval Nilmani. He says, they enter into Vrindavan by merging with trees, birds, cows. Somehow they're there. Hmm? And they have some feeling for Krishna. But it's not like Sakyabhav. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, not, it's a little off the course of uh, some kind of bhav. Hmm? Even you should, we should know, as far as prem goes, Shantarasa has no prem, even. Shantarasa, Apturati, no prem. What to speak of Sneha, Man, Pranay, Rag, Anurag, Bhav, Mahabhav. Hmm? So, it's another reason why we say, in Vrindavan, there are four rasas, Tasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, and Madhurya. But there are some sages in trees. They're in the trees, and they're wise, hmm? right? They're wise. So they're pointing out to the devas who are watching this event on earth and trying to understand it themselves. Hmm? We prostrate to the feet of, of the Adi Deva, Balaram himself, here. Hmm? And then the bees. So the sages, the trees are like Monavrata people. You know what Monavrata is? They vow to be silent. Hmm. Many years ago, in California, um, some of my god brothers, a couple of them, went to see a yogi. Um, I think his name was, no, I can't remember. He st- established a center with the help of his friends and disciples in the Santa Cruz area called Mount, Mount Madonna. Any Californians here? I can't, I just, he's well known, I can't remember. Hmm? No, 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 no. Met him once, no. Um, anyway, he, was a, he had a vow of silence. Hmm? And then when he wanted to say something, he would write on a chalkboard. After a while, you know, you don't talk, your vocal cords, you can't, and it's easy after a while, because you can't. But not to diminish his yogic experience and so forth, but two of my godbrothers went to him, and got his darshan, and they said, our guru has said, better than not to speak is to only speak about Krishna. They wanted to preach to the yogi. He was a smart guy, so he wrote on the chalkboard, is that what you do? 
only talk about Krishna? <laughs> you got him, right? No prajalpo. Prajalpo niyamagraha. <laughs> so the Monavratas first, they have a place, right? And they could enter Vrindavan even as a tree, it's possible. It's a big place, it's very accommodating, all accommodating, right? In the broader sense, well, yeah, it's all accommodating. But here now we go from trees to bees. What's the difference? The bees are always buzzing, right? So he says that, oh, original personality. So now even um, um, Balaram himself is being called the Adi Purusha, Gayanta, Gayanta Adi Purusha Anupatam Bajante. Bees are worshiping you, buzzing around you, always making a sound, and they go wherever you go. Let me read the translation. Oh, Adi Purusha. So we're being told, actually, the older brother is also the Adi Purusha. How about that? Okay. These bees must be great sages and most elevated devotees of yours. For they are worshiping you by following you along the path of chanting your glories. That's different, right? Only speaking about Krishna is better than not speaking. Which are themselves, your glories, which are themselves a holy place for the entire world. Though you have disguised yourself within the forest, O sinless one, they refuse to abandon you, their worshipful Lord. So, some idea here about the efficacy of kirtan and how it has the power to bring us in closer proximity of understanding of the Personality of Godhead, then the path of Angrupasana, Monavrata, and so forth. The trees, they're immovable, but if Balaram comes by, they can bend over. But the bees can follow him wherever he goes. They're singing his glories, which are themselves, the word is used here in the text, Tirtha. Tirtha means a crossing. Like a mystical cro- like a portal, hmm? like the Bermuda Triangle, or something. I crossed into the. Where am I? Hmm? So, when when Vidura proposed to Yudhisthira Maharaj, the Raj, that I will go now on pilgrimage. What did he say? Hmm? Hmm. Yeah. What what's the verse? O saints of your caliber are very rare. You yourself are are, are a Tirtha because you carry the Lord in your heart. If we go to the Tirtha but we don't associate with the devotees then we haven't gone there. The Bhagavatam says you might as well be a cow or an ass. So Krishna's glories here are described as a tirtha. Hmm. So singing about them is the idea. Harikata. Hmm. We, we mentioned it the other night. What is the what is the verse of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Hmm. About the Upanishads. Shrotam api Upanishadam dure harikatamritam. Where you can go by the sounds of the Upanishads which tell you to be quiet. <laughs> For example, 
do mona vrata. You can, is, is nowhere near where you can arrive, where you can go. It's far from dure, from where you can arrive at by the medium of harikata. Kampashru pulakade, and he goes on to describe the Sattvikabhavas, which, which means a land of ecstasy that is burned up. And it's made up of vibhav, anubhav, sattvikabhav, sancharibhav, stayibhav, and different kinds of vibhav. If you study it, the whole the leela is made up of all these things. It's a land of ecstasy. So the means to get to enter there, the, prin- the principal means, of course, is the emphasis of the Bhagavatam, is by kirtan, hmm? by becoming devotees, who are always singing the glories of Bhagwan. Hmm? There you go. Yeah. Um, and he says what? He says, uh, um, he, and, and, he, and he refers to Balaram here in the text, he says, your glories, Balaram's glories, which are themselves a place of pilgrimage or, or, or a tirtha, as I say. Um, and uh, though you have disguised yourself within the forest through the kirtan, they can understand you. The, 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 the deep implications, theological implications, it can be understood by chant, chanting. It's a transrational exercise. Hmm? It, can, it can take you where you can't go by thought or, or simply by stopping from thinking, that won't be enough. Hmm? Uh, and and, and, and and it and it brings you into an understanding, then one into an understanding of who you really are. Oh, sinless one, he says. Hmm? These bees, these devotees, it means, they refuse to abandon you, the worshipful Lord. Anagaha means sinless. And the implication here is that they become sinless, and it means also, the implication is that Balaram, hmm? and this really comes out, when he appears as Nityananda Ram, he doesn't accept the sins of other people. Therefore, Shadavan Janohe, Shadavan Janohe, just for a little faith, take the name. Whatever whatever else is there that doesn't in the background doesn't matter. Hmm? If you have faith, take the name and that will do, deal with all that stuff. That'll be if you have faith in the name and it, and and as it is explained in scripture which will strengthen your faith path and so forth. So it means he, he's, he it tells us something here in a word about the temperament of Bhagavan. We hear how merciful Krishna is in overlooking even the offenses, offensive approach of Putana and giving her such an extraordinary um, uh, attainment hmm, regardless of her, despite her, uh, her disposition and her intentions and so forth. But Balaram's He, he has very difficult time finding fault in anyone. And when he defeats the demons that he does, like Denyuksur and Perlamba, in private, he feels bad about it. He feels bad that he, he showed anger. Hmm? Nityananda Prabhu similarly said he doesn't, doesn't have to show any anger. Hmm? Maybe a little bit sometimes, but for, for the most part, no. Hmm? And then he, then he has to talk to Krishna, Balaram. Hmm. And Krishna tells him, it's all right, it was right, you did what you did the right thing. <laughs> you protected me. Hmm. Hmm. And if any sakas are arguing amongst one another or complaining about Krishna, something he did, which is 
regular occurrence. Then they could go to Balaram, and he would say, he's the counselor, he would, he's the older brother, he would give counsel. And if two boys are arguing about something, then he'll talk to one and the other in front of them, you said, he said, and then he'll get them to give up their, their arguments with, with, with one another. He's again Adi Guru. <laughs> Like we find in Guru Tattva manifest as Rupsanathan and Vrindavan, ordinary people would come with some village dispute, put it, put it in the hands of the Goswamis, and they would, then they would resolve it, and that both parties would go away feeling satisfied, completely satisfied. So he doesn't accept the sins of others. He's very kind. He says then, moving forward, O oh, worshipable one, these peacocks are dancing before you, out of joy, the doe, the deer, the lady deer, are pleasing you with, a, with their affectionate glances, just as the gopis do. Hmm. The cuckoos are honoring you with prayers, like the Sama, means like, like, like the Sama Veda, hymns, they're praising you. All these residents of the forest are most fortunate, and their behavior toward you certainly befits great souls receiving another great soul at home. Hmm? The earth has now become fortunate, he says, because you have touched her grass and bushes with your feet and her trees and creepers with your fingernails as you pick flowers to decorate me, Krishna is saying, or yourself. Hmm? You have graced the rivers, the mountains, the birds and the animals with your merciful glances. But above all, he said, hmm? what about that, that gopi, that it means um, sabira, a type of vine that's on your chest right now. That's most fortunate, hmm? being on your chest between your arms. So these are the last two verses of, of Krishna's uh, eulogy, if you will, of, of Balaram. And much has been said here. Hmm? In this second to the last verse, as he's glorified the trees and the and and and, and the bees, and now in an, in an overarching way, hmm? he's saying, and the peacocks and the deers and uh, everyone is is honored by you and honoring you. What's the humor here? The, in one sense, the humor again. This is in Hasirasa. The humor is. When Krishna began to speak, he began to glorify the forest, if you'll recall. Hmm? And then he thought, you know, this is going to end up in me glorifying myself. That's what's going to happen. Because if I glorify my devotees, what's glorious about them, ultimately? Hmm? That they love me. Hmm? So I'm going to have to talk about myself. And uh, you know, that's, not, that's not what I'm about. Hmm? I have no pratishta. <laughs> so he's given us a, a warning here. This should this should be militated against. Try to bring attention to myself. Now this is not an advocacy of, um, you know, we're promoting the, the lack of self-esteem. You should be very proud to be a humble devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> proud to be a humble, insignificant member of such a great. Uh, sampradaya. Hmm? 
And it's, it's, it's worth noting, I mentioned it before, that when we speak of ego, false ego, we have to be clear that there is a psychological ego and there is a metaphysical ego that we're uh, speaking about. And in order to overcome the metaphys- metaphysical uh, false ego, the hunkar, we'll be in a better position to do so if we have a healthy psychological ego, which constitutes then a balance, which is sattva. Hmm? Now you don't have to have that to take up bhakti. The trees can do it, as I said. But if bhakti has to take up, is kind enough to enter into the heart of someone who needs some work, (laughs) uh, then she has some cleaning to do that may be more extensive before the decorating hmm, begins, right? Hmm? Therefore, what does Krishna say in the Gita? He says, well, there's a couple, a few, maybe four types of people that approach me. Hmm? And the jnani is the best uh, who, who surrenders to me because his heart's already clean. Hmm? So now I don't have to clean, Bhakti doesn't have to clean the heart first. Hmm? So it's often misunderstood a lot of times in, in contemporary uh, spiritual circles in the West and, and, and other parts in India as well. Uh, some guru embarrasses somebody in public and in the name of uh, you know, crushing their ego and so forth. And they, they don't understand what's the difference between a psychological ego is and a metaphysical ego. Hmm. And the, the, the former, as I say, as healthy as that is, we're in a better position to understand what bhakti is, to apply ourselves within bhakti, hmm, make progress, and so on and so forth. Hmm. So here, anyway, Krishna's, uh, uh, we got into this talking about a lot of people have, you know, lack of self-esteem and, and so on and so forth, and, and that, that's not what we're advocating when we say humble like a, like a blade of grass and so forth, right? Um, but we are militating against uh, pratishta. Hmm. It's very odorous, as if you had imbibed a bulb of garlic before coming to the kirtan. It's <laughs> hmm. standing out as you play the drum, and and all we can hear is, "Hear me drum, hear me drum, listen, watch me drum." So we want to militate against that kind of thinking, right? Watch me sing. One time, one of my godbrothers was singing over the microphone in the in the temple in Krishna Balaram Mandir. Prabhupada was in his room. I don't know if any of you have been to Krishna Balaram Mandir, probably some of you have. And you know that they're separated by a distance, but the microphone was enabling Prabhupada to hear the Kirtanir singing. And Prabhupada interrupted what he was doing. He said, what did he say? Who is that Rakshasha? <laughs> Chanting. So... At the, at the time, he, <laughs> he probably was hearing, just like this, this, the story of Gorka Shardas Babaji, when, when Baba came famous for his Bhagwat discourses, hmm, set up shop near Babaji's hut, hmm, got a big crowd, and his idea was, I'll do the Bhagwat Sapta, and because Babaji just right living right next door, surely he's going to come out to hear it, and then I'll be able to say, and Gorka Shard comes to my Bhagwat Kata. <laughs> Why look elsewhere? <laughs> so, but he didn't come for three days or seven days, whatever it was. So after it was over, one uh, helper of Gorgashora, Savite, he said, 
he said, Babaji Maharaj said to him, can you go and clean that place? Clean that place. And he said, but Babaji Maharaj, we just heard Bhagavatam for seven days. How, what can I do to clean it? He said, you heard Bhagavat? I heard rupee, 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 rupee. That's all I heard, rupee, rupee, rupee. <laughs> Make a living off of, the, of, of, of reciting the Bhagavat. Hmm? Uh, so, intention is... In, is 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 important, hmm. and and so Krishna is very. Um, you know, he didn't want to. It's not for a, a dignified person to bring attention to themselves and glorify themselves. Is it appropriate? So, so he is. What he's saying about Balaram is true about himself. Hmm. So there's a there's a subtle humor in that. Hmm. He's one sense. He's really speaking about himself. Hmm and not about Balaram. But in another sense, there's truth in jest, as we know. So what he says about Balaram is also true. And it's an important thing that he's saying from the point of view of Sakyaras, which this chapter is obviously teaching about, hmm, is that this equality, equality, hmm, equality that the emotional quality that Saka feels with Krishna. They're one. Hmm. That is pranai. Therefore, they can take, they can put their feet on Krishna. Sometimes they serve Krishna, sometimes Krishna serves them. And from point of view of tattva, so from emotional point of view, Baba point of view, Krishna and Balaram are one emotionally. They feel the same way for one another. As Balaram feels for Krishna, Krishna feels for Balaram. This is this is unique. To Sakiras. This is this is not the case in Vatsaliras. This is not the case in Dasiras. Mm-hmm. That's what Rupa Goswami says makes it the best in comparison to those two. Mm-hmm. So emotionally they're one, and from a point of view, important here also, Tattva they're one. Because again, Balaram is hidden as a servitor. Maybe he's just another Saka. No, it should be clear. He's also the object of worship. And that now will come out more clearly as we move here to the last verse where, in this eulogy, where Krishna has glorified Balaram further in relation to the environment, uh, how he picks flowers and decorates himself and, and myself with them, how fortunate the, the, the flowers feel uh, blessed and so forth, the bushes, the grass. And then there's that, what about that, Savira, I think it's called, Another name for synonym for which is Gopi. It means a a, a particular uh, creeper or, or or vine. Hmm? They're in the bushes. Uh, how fortunate it is to be on your chest, in between your arms. Hmm? After all, he says, "What? What has he concluded with? That's what the goddess of fortune wanted to do. Hmm? The god, the Lakshmi wanted to be." on your chest and embraced by your arms. And that creeper is having the opportunity, how fortunate it is. It, it feels so fortunate. What do we get from this? Obviously, Lakshmi didn't want to be embraced by Balaram. She wanted to be embraced by Krishna. Right? So he's talking about himself, ultimately. Hmm? And he, also about Balaram, but it's coming about himself, and also, in the context of speaking, hmm, the beauty of the forest, which he's bringing out, starts to speak to Krishna. 
Hmm? The beauty of the forest, from Krishna's point of view, as he contemplates it, he begins, what does he begin to see? He begins to see Radha. He sees the red bimba flower and he thinks, is that her lips? Hmm? And so on. Hmm? Works the opposite way for her. But So he has been contemplating the forest and and he, 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 he's getting some, in the context of his poganda, hmm, some romantic feelings, some touch of, uh, of, of, of Kishore. Hmm? And there's a, there's a covert reference to the fact that, well, there will be gopis in the future, Balaram, that you will embrace and so forth. Hmm? And me too. Hmm? And they're the most ones, my gopis, you're really talking about himself here, what, what that which the goddess of fortune Lakshmi wanted, there's some village girls here who will get that and they are the most glorious and my mind is going there now. Hmm? And as such, we come to the point where now the Bhagavatam in a seed form tells us there are different groups of sakas. Hmm? Because Balaram has been speaking kind of in a in a in a implied or Krishna, excuse me, in an implied way. He's saying one thing about Balaram, but he's also talking about himself. He's glorifying Balaram in the midst of all the coward boys, while his mind is starting to go towards Gopi Bhav. It's that time. Hmm? His mind is starting to go there. So when, just like if I say, there was a girl in the forest and she was waiting for her lover to come in an, for an illicit rendezvous. Hmm? But just as he was about to come, a brahmachari showed up to pick flowers. So what did she do? She said, that dog that, that's barking here all the time, don't worry about him. Go ahead and pick the flowers. Because the lion that's in the cave over there already ate the cow, already ate the dog. So what is she saying? You better get out of here. She's trying, she's saying one thing, but she's meaning something else, right? This is a, 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 an implied meaning. Overtly, she's saying one thing, but there's no dog and there's no... There's no lion, and she wants to scare him away. Hmm? So if I say, um, oh, it's sunset, what does it mean? Depends who I am. I mean, it might mean, so why aren't you cooking? <laughs> hey, it's sunset. It means, why aren't you cooking? Or whatever else it might be, for whomever. So this is, this is uh, you know, you have, you have, Direct meaning, mukya, you have lakshan, you have vyanjana, implied meaning as well hmm, to deal with, to understand the texts. So in a way, in a broad sense, this whole glorification of Balaram hmm, is, it has, is he's saying something else. What he's saying, he's glorifying Balaram, it's accurate, hmm, but he wants to arouse within the larger sector of the friends, faith in Balaram 
that an inspiration to be with Balaram as the object of love hmm, for Sakiras, while he, with another group of Sakas, so there's another group, hmm, tends to his romantic stirrings assisted by them. This is the idea. And so the ninth verse, which follows, is kind of the, the end of it, says, Evam Vrindavanam Srimat Krishna Prita Mana Pashun Rime Sancharayan Adre Sharidvodasu Sanuga. It's uh, hard uh, to get grammatically out of this what Vishwanath Chakrati Thakur and Baladi Bidibhushan do, but they they have done it somehow, I believe, by connecting the word Sanchare. And the verse says that overtly it says, thus hmm, means having glorified Balaram in, 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 in Vrindavan, hmm, which is beautiful. Evam Vrindavanam Srimat, Krishna Prita Manapashun, Krishna's mind was very pleased, and Pashun, Reme, Sancharayan, with his animals, means cows, and some buffaloes and a couple goats too. Um, uh, Krishna took pleasure herding them, Adre, at Govardhan, Sarad Rudasusanaga, uh, in, in, in Ranasi Ganga there. Uh, along with his mm, sanuga, along with his friends, so overtly, what's what's saying, what's being said in the text, is that okay, well, now it's over, and they're all going to go to Govardhan. Hmm? But Vishwanath is connected somehow the word sancharayam with with evam. Sancharayam means hurting. Hmm? So he says more or less. So Krishna, so there, thus, Balaram and the Sakas in Vrindavan, which is beautiful, uh, went, began to herd the cows. In the Reme, instead of Krishna taking pleasure in the herding, Krishna took pleasure, Reme, Adre, Sarid, Rodasusana, with his other friends, with some other friends went to Govardhan, hmm? making an excuse. Hmm? In, in, in Govinda Lamrita or in um, Krishna Bhavanamrita, we, we find nice examples of, of Krishna making an excuse at this time to, to move away from the main group of Sakas with his Narma Sakas, whose Bhava is very special. So again, now what we, we see here is there's, there's a, a, a seed understanding of the fact that there are different groups of sakas. Rupa Goswami has listed four of them, right? Sakas, Suhrit Sakas, Priya Sakas, and Priya Narma Sakas. Suhrit, uh, so Sakas means they are, they have Sankul Bhav. That means that their, their Sakya Bhav is bundled together with a tinge of Dasya. They're younger. Dasyabhav and Dasiras and Sakiras are neutral to one another. But that means that Dasiras doesn't enhance positively Sakiras. You can understand that because Sakiras means equality. The, what, what is the, what is the, the um, Pradhan, Vishramba? Vishramba 
intimacy, no sense of reverence whatsoever. Hmm? This is the this is the pardon the primary characteristic, if you will, the defining characteristic of Sakyarasa. So Dasiras doesn't obviously doesn't doesn't it's it's absent in Dasiras. So the Dasya that is bundled together with their Sakya doesn't enhance the Sakya. Hmm? Then you have Surit Sakas. They're the opposite end of the spectrum. They have Sakyaras that's bundled together with Vatsalya. So they are older, a little bit older. So uh, now Sakyaras and Vatsalyaras, they're not compatible. So Sakyaras definitely, or excuse me, Vatsalyaras definitely doesn't enhance or nourish Sakyarasa. You can understand, if you understand Sakyarasa, what I'm talking about, intimacy and, and, and it, 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 it takes away from it. Hmm? They're experienced separately hmm? by these devotees in Sankulbhav. Aside from these two types of Sankulbhav, you have pure unalloyed Sakya, Priyasakas, the leader of which is, for example, Sridham, Radharani's older brother. Pure Sakyarasa. These are called Priyasakas. Now, each of these different Sakas, they have different Anubhavs or characteristics, how they conduct themselves. They have All of them have characteristics in common with Sakyabhav. Hmm? And then they have their own particular Anubhavs and so forth. This is very beautiful, beautifully detailed by Rupa Goswami and Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Hmm? And then you have a very special class of Sakas who are mentioned here in the covert understanding or the secret understanding of the verse as understood by Vishwanath Chakriti Thakur. They are the Priyanarma Sakas. What is their position? Hmm? Atyantika Rasyagya. Hmm? They're not just Priyasakas that sometimes are influenced by Madhurya. Hmm? But they have a special bhav of their own. Hmm? Atyantika Rasyagya. And the nature of that bhav is that, they, that it, it, it gives them access to an understanding of the most intimate dealings of Radha and Krishna. Hmm? So they, they understand the romantic life of their friend. They are a friend like every other Sakha. Hmm? But when Krishna expresses romantic feelings, others can't go there. These boys can. They're there to assist him and hold his hand hmm? and chant Radha's name in his ear and bring him back to, to life. <laughs> And so forth, the council him, and so on and so forth. They, um, uh, Rupa Goswami describes them as having as a, a very, uh, well, I just described special, special bob. So it's a bob of its own. It's a mixing of Madhurya with Sakya. Now, Madhurya is favorable to Sakya. Sakya and Madhurya are friendly rasas. Hmm. These two get along. Very well. Hmm. So if someone is very interested in Manjari Bhav and they want to tell you all about it and they say, Sakirasa, that is bad. They don't understand Madhuri Rasa. Hmm. Oh, what does Radharani, what does what does Rupa Manjari say? Kwa she says Kwa Sriman Adikarita Adikarita hmm. Adikaritana Subala hmm. uh, Sevavidobidanti, uh, uh, it's, it's a question, kind of a rhetorical question. She's speaking 
Rupa Goswami in the Bhava of, 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 of Rupa Manjari says to another Saki, with the intention of inspiring her to love Subal. Kwa Sriman Adikaritana Subala. Oh, what is the Adikar, the eligibility of Subal? Is there anything lacking in his eligibility to participate? In Nikun Jayuno Ratikeli Siddhai, these kind of pastimes? No. It's a very powerful statement uh, from Ujwal Nilmani. And in the statement, there's a description to support what she's saying. Just see, when Krishna has fallen in lovemaking on the breast of Radha, it's, it's a rather intimate description. Hmm? And it, then he's there to fan them. Hmm? If she should become angry, go. He will bring her back. Hmm? Oh, what 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 pastimes is, does he not have access to? This kind of sakka. Hmm? And in the, in the description of the condition of Radha and Krishna intimacy, Jiva Goswami says there's hyperbole here. Hmm? It's not hyperbole to say, "Well, I'm just making just hyperbolically speaking about Subali." He's really not that. Qualified. That's not what how the hyperbole is being used. The hyperbole is the way in which they're described as being accentuated, underscored. How bad intimate? And he's there. Yeah, yeah. It means anywhere he can go. Hmm? So this is a very in the kingdom of rasa. This is very special. Just like Manjari Bhava is very very special hmm? within Madhuri Rasa. Hmm? So within Sakya Rasa, which is the again a a supporting role within Gaudiya Vaishnavism, we find a very special type of that. It's emphasized, for example, Gopakumar, the protagonist of the second canto of <coughs> Brigad Bhagavatamrita, and his own disciple, Janasharma. They, we see they attain Narmasakabhav. If you study carefully, you can see. Hmm. So this, this within Sakya Rasa, this has been celebrated. Because, I mean, it, there's so much about Madhuri Rasa there. So, when Krishna goes then hmm, to Manasi Ganga and Radhakund, well, not everybody can go to Radhakund, but, but Chandravali's group can't go to Radhakund. That's, that's not possible. Hmm. Some of these friends, they can go up to Shamkund, but these, possibly, but these boys. So he says, with them he goes and they meet with the Gopi. This is implied here. Now this is What's happening here is it's not like in the chronological order. The, the, the chronological order goes a little differently. Hmm? Uh, but, as I said, the text is saying many things, speaking in circles that, that make different points at different times and so forth. Hmm? And here it wants to make the point there are different groups of sakas, and some of them are very special. Hmm? And Krishna's romantic feelings, they are sympathetic to. Hmm? They assist him in that. Hmm? So, that's an opportunity that you can, you can pursue if you have the interest. Are there any questions? Yes, yes. Um, as a sadhaka, we worship either Radha and Krishna or Krishna and Balaram and Gornitai. But if, if we're inclined towards Sakyabhav, um, is there, I guess, 
who who shall we worship and how? Like how are Krishna and Balaram worshipped? Is that in do we see Balaram as in Suritsaka or uh-huh. Yeah. Well in Gaudiya Vaishnavism of course we have let's take um let's take the this form of Sakirasa, for example, which is the prominent form. Amongst the Dwarasa Gopals, the twelve Gopals who appeared in Gorli, they're all either Priyasakas or or, or, or Narmasakas. Hmm? Prabhupada worshipped Subal uh, hmm? who is uh, um, uh, what is his name in Gorlila? Um, no. Udarandatta. Um, Udarandatta Thakur. Yes. As a, for his whole, he was the patron saint of Prabhupada's family. Hmm? So they uh, they would go there at least annually to Udarandatta Thakur's uh, place and worship him and so forth. And Prabhupada wrote also them. There's a, there's a letter published uh, in his letter book of writing to that um, the leaders of that group and expressing his desire to to uh, do some seva there for Udarandatta Thakur's place and so forth. Um, he he is a Narmasaka in Krishna Lila Subhahu. Mm-hmm. So um, that's something something in the background, of course, of Prabhupada's life, um, and, um, um, and 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 I want to say that let's talk about this particular form of Sakirasa. So this form of Sakirasa, you take Gor, let's take Gorida's Pandit, who is Subal. Subal is the is the most uh, celebrated. Amongst the Narmasakas, you have uh, the beautiful statements of Raghunathas Goswami in his 108 names of Radharani, Subala Toshita, and what is it? Subala? Vyasta Sarupya. In two verses, he says, and Radharani. Uh, it's the names of Radharani. Radharani, who adopts, who 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 ado- uh, who um, who puts on the form of Subal, hmm. and who, who, and whose mind is pleased when Subal's mind is pleased. So he says, physically and mentally. Hmm. The, the, the implications when Radharani wants to, in eternity without a beginning, wants to taste Sakiras, that is Subal. Hmm. Just like she has so many expansions, Lalita, Vishaka, Rupa Manjari. Rupa Manjari, Rupa means your beauty. Rupa Manjari is the beauty of Radharani incarnate. Lalita is this part, that this bhav, that bhav. Hmm? Arguably, these Kaya Buha expansions, hmm? Here's, there's one in the male form. Hmm? So, Goridas Pandit, hmm? Goridas Pandit, Mahaprabhu took him by hand. Trembling, hmm? where is Radha? And Gauridas took him to the bank of the Ganges. Said, "Look here." He looked in the water. He saw his reflection. He could understand. <laughs> what a helper! Hmm. So Gauridas Pandit, prominent in Gaur Lila, the worship of Gaur Nityananda deities that was begun by him. So that worship in the world was brought by Gauridas Pandit, 
as he was told to do by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. Those deities he used to worship, and one day, the famous story is that Gornatananda came to his house, and after honoring them, offering them lunch and everything, then they, they began to leave. He said, no, you can't leave. And then they said, well, he, you know, the deities are non different. They're there, they're there. So he said, no. Then, then he said, then, then, then you stay and let them go. And I said, okay. So they went on the altar and the deities walked out. <laughs> so when you go there to have darshan, you can't, they only open the curtain for a short period of time because the deities might leave if they, if they, see, you, if they see you. You should try to have that kind of devotion that they want to follow you. As they stayed with, with, with Gauridas Pandit. So, so he worshipped Gornatai. But at the end of his life, he went to Vrindavan also. And there he worshipped Radha and Krishna. His samadhi is there in Vrindavan. Hmm. So both things are there. Hmm. And the worship of Krishna and Balaram is also there. Hmm. But, you know, how you will think about that. Hmm. Uh, let's look at it from another angle. Let's say your your ideal is Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? Then will you not go to a Krishna Balaram temple? Then you must not have read the Bhagavatam if you think like that. Because what do the gopis say in Venu Gita? There's nothing, the perfection of the eyes, we think, is to see Krishna and Balaram and their friends entering with their cows, entering the forest. There's nothing more beautiful than that. Hmm? It's not the Goswami says, mention of Balaram is because Krishna with, with Balaram being assisted by him is especially attractive. <laughs> he makes, there's other ways to look at it, but they say this is the perfection of their eyes. So it's a, it, the deities, they're all worshipable by us in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but then what was the mentality behind that? So Gaurita's Pandit worshipped Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu, and sometimes they showed themselves as Krishna and Balaram to him. Hmm? So you can worship Gornatai with that in mind, for example. Hmm? Or you can worship Krishna and Balaram. Hmm? Or you can worship Radha Krishna. Prabhupada kind of tried to resolve this with like three altars <laughs> under his temple. Yeah. In Vrindavan, he's got Gornatai, he's got Krishna, Balaram, and Radha Shamsunar, there you go. Something like that. Um, but, uh, but, uh, but um, you know, more directly speaking, then, uh, then I think you will have, uh, of course, we have two ideals here. We have Gaur Leela also and Krishna Leela. So you, 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 what do, you want? do you want to know what your rasa is? I'll tell you. You, don't, you want to know? I'll tell you all right now. You ready? It's Dasya Ras for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu, in Nabadweep. Then hmm. if you go there, Dasirasa, you cultivate that. Hmm? Then you go there and enter the Kirtan, the Chiba Sangha, and, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu say, and then Vrindavan, see yourself like this. So through Kirtan, then that'll come out. So serve in Mayapur, and da- all the devotees are Dasiras for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And in the context of that, Sakyabhav or Madhuras for Krishna in Vrindavan. Hmm? And they'll do kirtan and eternal leela in Navadweep and enter a trance and find themselves in Vrindavan in their gopa and gopisarups and then back into Gaur Leela. Hmm? So, so 
There's another way to think about it, right? And um, and you could have Krishna and Balaram deities and Gornatai deities and Radha and Krishna deities. And, you know, however, you're blessed to have. You have you have you have uh, Gobardhan Shila, right? He's in Sakurasa. Oh, they're there now. Okay, well, that's that's very nice. The idea is to bring them together. When you bring them together, what do you have? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> when they get, when you can bring them fully together, then you have Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Chaitanya Charitamrita, that's another point where there's a parallel as well. Because we ended on this point where what Krishna has done is glorified Balaram amidst the Sakas. So they're going to be all fired up about Balaram and everything that's been said about him. And now he's going to say, I'm, I, gotta, I just want to check out a few things over here at, at Govardhan. You know, there's an astrologer in town, Mother Mongol says, and uh, I want to go and learn from him. And Krishna, Krishna says, well, I'd like to come along, but we can't bring everybody with us. Hmm. So why don't just a couple of us go? And the rest of you stay with Balaram. And everybody's ready for that because Krishna just spent so many verses glorifying Balaram, right? And then Balaram will go off with them throughout the forests. Hmm? And he's now that perfect object of love, right? Now he, there he is, right? He's the object of Sakirasa, fully. He's not serving Krishna in that situation, only indirectly, right? And of course, after the midday leelas have passed, then they'll, re they'll return. And it, and it seemed like Krishna was just gone for, for a minute. But then when they see, wait a minute, the sun's over there. You've been gone for hours. Where the heck have you been? What happened? And Krishna will say, well, you know, I, I wanted to come back, but this, this guy, Madhu Mangal, you know, wherever we went, he'd have to stop to eat. You know? And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's taken, taken a little bit longer than I expected. But, and so th some of them will complain. Some of them will not accept his, 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 his explanation. Hmm? Some of them will. Hmm? <laughs> it's a quite, quite, a, quite, a, quite a moment, hmm? eternal moment, day after day. Um, but the um, point I'm making is that there's a parallel in Gorlila for this as well. What is that? In, when Mahaprabhu comes to Jagannath Puri, he is a public person as a sannyasi, doing kirtan, preaching. To The preaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was to upper-class people, Brahmins, sannyasis, Sarvabhama Bhattacharya, Prakasananda Saraswati, uh, uh, Venkata Bhatta, the head priest for the Ramanuja Sampradaya, and so forth. Nityananda Prabhu, on the other hand, so he, Mahaprabhu was preaching to the Brahminical sector, as a sannyasi. Nityanandapur, you couldn't figure out if he was a sannyasi or what he was. He was preaching to the downtrodden peoples who were also socially disenfranchised in Bengal, for example, the Svarnabarnik community which Prabhupada comes from also. Hmm. Um, so there's, a, there's an element of social activism within, within um, Nityanandapur's preaching. He elevated them socially. They were ostracized from the Hindu community by political intrigue that they were, therefore, they weren't, what did they do? How do they bless their babies? How do they have their marriages? And so on and so forth. So he united them all with one single ritual that everyone could participate in. Namsan Kirtan. 
Right. Hmm. He elevated them socially and and turned their nominal Vaishnavism into Sakirasa. Hmm. Hmm. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, so they, they divided up the world in this way, right? Mahaprabhu was preaching more sophisticated and to more sophisticated people. So at a certain point, Nityanandapur was coming annually to Puri. But at a certain point, Mahaprabhu said, don't come again. Focus your attention in Bengal, there. Deliver those people. There are other implications to that, right? But as he said that, hmm, he began himself, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to turn by the force of the way he conducted himself publicly from a public person to a private person. Hmm. One time I was here in, in, um, in, in, in North Carolina, I was preaching at someone's house, I don't know if it was your house or where it was, but after the talk an Indian gentleman said to me, because we did kirtan and whatnot, he said, uh, Maharajji, Swamiji, I think that the spiritual life should be more of a private thing, don't you think? Private than this public, you know, display and so forth. So I replied to him, I said, spiritual life, there should be no difference between your public and your private life. Hmm? But aside from that point which came to mind, the point I'm making is that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's public demeanor and preoccupation with Nam Kirtan and preaching and so forth and so on. Kirtana Prabhavi Smarana Sobhavi by the power, the force of his Kirtan, he was drawn internally to Smaranam and he couldn't function as a public person anymore. So there he was in the arms of Ramananda Roy and Sarup Damodar and he told Nityananda Prabhu, you go to Bengal. I'm going to go and I'm going to put myself in the arms of Lita and Subal. Because Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishna Discoveras Goswami says, and Surup Damodar cared for, nourished Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's effort to enter into Radha Bhav, hmm, just like Lalita Saki. And Ramananda did just like Subal. Hmm. So there's a parallel, if you will, in Gorlila to this separation from the Sakas, Udaran, well, so many, the, the preaching in Bengal, hmm, and the romantic pursuits of, of, anyway, you get the point. <laughs> Very beautiful. Hmm. Rai Ramananda ki jai, Surup Damodar ki jai, Nityananda Prabhu ki jai, Gaur, Ranga Mahaprabhu ki jai. All right, anything else? Yes. So Maharaj, uh, you mentioned that Balaram has God in the servitorship towards Krishna. And also you were talking about uh, about cowboys boys having those four different uh, groups or, or moods. Yeah. Is Balaram in all of those, or like there is one particular he favors uh-huh. when he Krishna? Yes. So in Sankul Bhav, where you have a couple of Bhavs packaged together, hmm, instead of Kaval Bhav, which is just one Bhav, hmm, then um, 
the one that is predominant is the one that one is defined by. Hmm? So, for example, in Uddhava we have Sankul Bhav, where we have a combination of Sakya and Dasya. But the Dasya is prominent, so he's defined as a Dasya devotee, but packaged together with some Sakya, which comes out when he comes to Vrindavan, the Pranai, he experiences Pranai in Vrindavan. That's a whole ex- another explanation. But um, So the answer to your question briefly is the dominant um, sentiment is what defines him. So for Balaram, the dominant sentiment is, is, is Sakya. Mm-hmm. He's the friend of Krishna, the best friend of Krishna. Now, Balaram presides over Sambandha Rupa Bhakti. Sambandha Rupa Bhakti means Dasya, Vatsalya, and um, Sakya. And Kama Rupa Bhakti means Madhurya Rasa. So Sambandha Nuga Bhakti, so these divisions within Raganuga Bhakti, is the way to attain Sakya Rupa, uh, Sambandha Rupa Bhakti. And, ka, and, and Kama Nuga, Anuga means to follow, Bhakti is the way to attain Kamarupa Bhakti. These are two divisions within Raganuga Bhakti. So um, Balaram presides over Sambandarupa Bhakti, means he presides over Vatsalya, Dasya, and Sakya. Hmm? But he's a Saka. Hmm? Now, there is, there are some different opinions. Hmm? And when there is one instance, in Balaram's life, that from Jiva Goswami's perspective, he's the only one who's made this, who's seen it like this. When when Krishna, when when Balaram is ministering to the gopis, having been sent to Vrindavan by Krishna to do that, hmm, in private speaking with Radha's gopis, he is obviously in, involved directly in their romantic life and. Helping to sympathizing with them and, and and so which would be characteristic of a Narmasaka. Most of the commentators have made the point that the gopis revered him and he revered their Mahabhav, creating some reverence there and moving away from the idea that here Balarama is experiencing like Narmasaka Bhav. Hmm? But Jiva Goswami gives him that there. Hmm? It's all things possible for for Balaram, but Sakiras is is, is is he's defined by that. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You mentioned that uh, in Upanishad there is a process of like, I, and I don't remember which word. Angrupasana. Imagine that you are part of some lilas or, or, or that you're God. Or that you're, you know, one of the associates of God, yeah. Yeah, and this is different from our process, but yeah. I was always under the impression that this is like uh, what we perceive as Sahajiya. Sahajiya, Sahajiya, you know, attitude or mentality or whatever, and, and it seems like it is, there is some legitimacy to, to this kind of... Sahajiya is a different thing. Sahajiya is, Sahajiya, the Sahajiyas are a group of, um, of persons who uh, attached themselves to Gaudiya Vaishnavism but interpreted it differently than what has, is considered to be the orthodox position of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. 
and they cite all the texts, Chaitanya Charitamrita, this one and that one and so forth, but they, they have a very different idea. Um, and, and they're uh, in, in, prominent in their worship is involvement in sexual affairs in this world in a parakya context. Hmm? Yogic, tantric, you know, albeit um, it's outside of what is part of the orthodox practice of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And so they, 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 you know, they, there are many different groups that arose out of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation in Bengal that understood him in different ways and so forth. So that's a whole sector that, and, that, that, and their ideal is, um, is really not to attain prem, but liberation. And they look at Radha and Krishna as the arch- archetypal male, female, they try to merge, we merge in this way, and it's, it's, I mean, I'm not an expert on that, it's hard enough to be an expert on Gaudiya Vaishnava's theology, which I'm not, but I'm trying. So, but that's the basic idea. Now, that said, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur used the term sahaji in a broad way, with a broad brush, and he spoke about persons who were even Gaudiya Vaishnavas rather than Sahajya Vaishnavas, Prakrita Sahajyas. They were, um, but they were um, found to be involved in overt affairs of, of parakya and bringing a bad name to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and and they had, in his estimation, a a cheap idea of what it meant and what is involved to attain that frame. They cheapened the idea. It was watered down. And, you know, this was his perception of the climate of the times and so forth. And there's some evidence, to, you know, considerable to support that. So in a broader way, he used the term. It's good to understand a little bit of this historically so we don't just take some term that was spoken 100 years ago in a certain situation and then use it everywhere. And he's a sahajya and, and you know, or whatever, she's a, you know, whatever it might be. So, but a hungupasana is a different thing. Mm-hmm. In Dwarka, Krishna does a hungupasana. He sits down and meditates on himself. Mm-hmm. It's mentioned in the Bhagavatam. <laughs> uh, in Gopal Tapani, it's there. Hum Gopal, Hum Gopal, I am Gopal, I am Gopal. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get the result that, that we get from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation, but it's it's transcendence is variegated. So, well, okay, we've talked for a long time. I, uh, okay. Um, obeisances, but in the beginning you spoke about the Adi Purusha. So Krishna is always the Adi Purusha. But you said Balaram's his older brother, but we could say, look who's his older elders, because he's like the eighth, you know, he's not even the first Das Avatar away. All of those appeared before him, and all of those people and devotees. But isn't it that we generally think the Adi Purusha and then the Purusha Avatars, and from there? So is, that's how we generally think of the Adi Purusha, isn't it? I'm not clear entirely what you're saying. Entirely clear what you're saying, but I mean, like, I guess 
Krishna is the fountainhead of all incarnations, right? Yeah. That's the idea of Adi Purusha, right? Yeah. So what? Yeah. So what's your question? Well, he well well yeah we, we, we see Krishna as the avatari, which means the source of avatars, but he also plays the role of an avatar, so the avatari becomes an avatar. Avatar means to cross ava, cross from up tara cross to down. Mm-hmm. So although he's the he's the original godhead, the avatari, he plays a role as an avatar, mm-hmm. and when he does. Balaram's along with him. So it's the Krishna Balaram avatar. Is that, am I answering your question? Yeah. As far as the Das avatar, for example, you mentioned the Das avatar, which is, uh, there's a nice stotram uh, in Gita Govinda, and it's probably where this idea comes from, of the ten avatars. Well, it's notable that um, in, the, in, in the refrain in, uh, that comes with um, how's it go? Kesha, but uh, yeah, he's basically saying these are all avatars of Krishna. Hmm. It's Jaydev. You got to give him that. He. So, all right. Thank you very much. It's Krishna Balaram ki jai. Isi bhakti vidanta swami prabhat ki jai. Isi bhakti raksakshita dev swami ki jai. Bhakti vinod parivar ki jai. Gaur bhakta vrinda ki jai. Good Premanandi. Yeah.